there. Welcome to Movies with a Spine, where we go through the Criterion Collection one spine at a time. I'm Nathan. I'm Chris O'Mealy. I'm Ryan. And today we are covering Harlan County, USA, spine number 334. Harlan County, USA is a documentary about the grueling conditions coal miners go through and a strike that goes on in a small Kentucky town. It is a fly on the wall kind of documentary cinema verite look at these events that happen. Um, I know that was a very like light um, plot description, but I'll be honest, this Criterion page uh, description is a little all over the place. So if you guys want to give a little more specifics, you can go for it. It, it kind of just gives you like a perspective. It's it's one of those movies where the town is also a character. I don't, I mean, that's kind of like a unique phrase I like to use in like uh, movies where the sort of the, the people are its own character. So did you just make that uh, up? I just made that up. Um, wow. did it. I mean, usually I say that when I watch movies about New York, but this one it feels appropriate. So, right. <laughs> But um, anyway, uh, yeah, it just kind of gives you a perspective about how these people like live and just like this, how insane, like how people are just willing to die in order to fight for the union and how many people are willing to literally murder people in order to stop unions. Uh-huh. So it is a definitely, it goes in very dark places that you really don't kind of expect you know you're kind of thinking oh there's going to be some little bit of pushback evil corporation and then the good guys kind of win in the end by by perseverance but it uh it does end up working out spoilers but it uh not without some heavy loss yeah without compromise right um uh yeah um one thing I do like a lot about the Criterion Collection is that, you know, going through these movies, there's going to be movies that take you out of your comfort zone. Um, and in terms of in terms of this movie, by comfort zone, I just mean, I guess, <laughs> documentaries uh, in general, because I guess documentaries, thinking about it, uh, it's probably not the most, my most uh, well, you know, journey genre of film and that's a weird thing to say but it's true because like when i come when it was sometimes when i go and pick a movie or i get interested in a, a certain type of movie um sometimes i don't want to look at the real world right or I look at it. something that actually happened um this is just a very broad way of me saying that uh i haven't watched a documentary in a while <laughs> um and i've realized that while watching this um, but it is, yeah, like you said, Nathan, a f- uh, fly in the wall style of documentary, not no talking heads real well. I mean, there are, you know, people that talk to the camera, but in the sense in a that they're in, you can tell that they shot it while they were shooting, you know, all this is all principal photography, right? In the sense that um, they were actually out there interviewing people while everything was happening. Um, it's the type of documentary that throws you into the heat of the action and makes you feel like, you know, you're there. What's happening is like, it's a live bomb. You don't know what's going to happen to sway the narrative uh, in what whatever direction it goes. But um, by the end, looking back on the film, the narrative feels like it could have been a, a fictional film <laughs> because it feels like a, just like a really well-written script. Like, you know, you have your highs and lows, your your middle low specifically, you know, when there's infighting and, you know, a member of the union is killed. Um, and that's what really, you know, that's the fire underneath them. Like it, it increases the fire and they know that, oh, this is, it's all out now. Uh, we have, this is what we've been fighting for. Let's stick to it. I'm skipping ahead a bit in the story. Um, but what really drew Barbara Koppel to um, make this film was the election uh, of the the president of the mines, of uh, the mines, the, you know, uh, the United uh, Mine Workers, sorry. I didn't mean to pull Joe Biden there. The, you know, yeah, the, the United, you the, know. 
whatever. The, the people that the voting for president, the people that live underneath the earth, <laughs> the mole men. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, originally it was going to be a sci-fi film about mole men and the mind and stuff, but she changed course uh, and realized wisely that the people are much more interested, interesting, even though, you know, we got like a Jimmy Hoffa story here with the that guy Boyle, the president mm-hmm. of the yeah. United the UMWA, who was uh, like a gangster. He was like a wannabe Jimmy Hoffa. He, he you know, he gave very uh, loud speeches. He yelled a lot. And he killed his, uh, he had people kill his uh, enemies. So, <laughs> and ever since yeah. I've seen The Irishman, I feel like it's like made me think about that. And anytime unions come up, I think about mm-hmm. Jimmy Hoffa, I think about Al Pacino and in that movie. I also yeah. thought about, I thought about Casino too. Yeah. Because when you see, it's one shot in the movie, but when you see him going to court a few years later, he's in a wheelchair and he's like, I, I you know, I'm, I'm dying. I'm senile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, that they did that too like that that's a common tactic though i mean like the harvey weinstein case you know he yes, was yeah when 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 he's like showing up to court he's just like now he's like a feeble old man that has to use a walker so i mean it's just yeah i saw a headline really, sympathy yeah i saw a headline yeah. today for harvey weinstein it's like he's nearly blind uh <laughs> he's dying it's on you know it was like he's like some dying dog or something yeah uh, um i I do want to say, though, I, I like what you said about this having like a tight script and it's a documentary because um, I guess looking at it now, because I actually watched it for the first time, maybe about four or five months ago. So this is my second time viewing it. Oh. Um, and I noticed that a lot more now. It kind of has like a, a hero's journey climax and everything like this is like so tightly cut all of this footage. Right. It's. 13 months worth of footage but only through it telling you does it feel like 13 months otherwise it just feels fast i don't know if you guys felt that if it didn't to me it didn't feel like a lot of content or there's a lot of content but it didn't feel like it was spread out that much you had to be told that yeah it jumps from one month to four months later yeah yeah we jump ahead it's like a whole year that they go through almost so or that is a whole year i think but one thing I do like about, you know, you, you know, you kind of say it's like a tight script and it kind of does feel like it is a scripted movie. Um, and I think that's kind of like a, a lot of problems with other documentaries. Like I'm not like a big prolific doc, you know, documentary watcher, but I do enjoy them when I do watch them. And there's some where it's like, okay, how much of this is set up and how much of this is like pre-planned to kind of, influence how the story goes or is this shot a certain way in order to make like is this into a movie sort of but this one definitely felt like a lot more gritty I mean it even though it is it does kind of feel like a movie it it feels very realistic I mean we I mean we see some like pretty brutal stuff in the movie and then like you see like you see some like just these people you know they're just up in arms and then just these like nefarious like like people like trying to destroy the picket line too and like we see them commit crimes we see them shoot guns we see them brandishing weapons and these union workers have to like point guns at the people trying to break up their picket lines in order for them just to leave them alone yeah and I, I love that about this I think it helps that there's no talking heads right nothing like that that it is just just shots of people in the moment talking about the moment, right? It it builds that whole idea of realism. It doesn't feel staged. It feels very sudden, especially with some of the stuff that you do see um, later on in the movie, uh, where it gets really dark. You know, it it doesn't it doesn't feel staged. Nothing. It's very raw, and I can appreciate that. I, I remember. I might be getting this mixed up though, actually, that people were murdered before they went to the strike because that's what drew them to the strike. Oh, really? Um, that there was a killing. And it might have been, I mean, I, might, I think I might be wrong there because it, this was months later in the story, but there were killings before they went. 
I believe so. Yeah, um, right? not yeah. the not the main guy. You know, that gets killed in this one, but and there were murders. Yeah. I think I, I yeah. might I might be thinking about just the fact that the the Boyle guy had people get murdered. Maybe that's the murder that drew them. Um, but then again, but that's the election that happened. I don't know um, if there was was there was there actually murdered though. I mean, I know there was like gun violence. Like they said, like one guy was you know was out in his front lawn or whatever, and like these guys just kind of like drove by and like shot up his house so i know they were saying stuff like that too um well the the busters you know the strike busters um they are murderers you know they get oh, yeah. the point They're... across that you know uh they wanted to kill barbara apparently uh yeah which is an insane little side because there's there's a scene where we come face to face with you know the bad guy of the movie um basil was his name Basil Collins. He's like such a stereotypical uh, right? like this type of guy. Like <laughs> yeah. Buster. He's yeah. like, he's big and fat, old. He's like leaning over, constantly has his hand on his gun. Uh, has a, you know, he has that look to him that a movie, a fictional movie would have done. Um, but when they come face to face, you know, the heroes are facing the well, heroes specifically being literally like us watching. We're not the heroes, but the the camera. You know, we come eye to eye with the villain. Um, he's like apparently off screen twirling a gun, but we don't see it. Oh, in the truck scene, yeah, yeah in, in the, the scene yeah. he's twirling his gun, yeah. Um, which is the I love that scene. That's the scene that sticks out, right? Where she, where he's like, I want your press ID, and then she asks him for an ID, and he's like, No. I misplaced it, which is uh and great. in their case, you know, the camera was keeping them from Alive. being killed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they talked about how the camera probably keeps probably kept like most of the people striking yeah. alive. Yeah. Um and there's sure there's probably truth to that. I mean uh, I could see it, yeah. I one hundred percent believe that. Cause I mean if they didn't have a camera pointed at them at all times, I think it easily could have gotten violent or there could have just because they even said, like, at one point, like, in the, uh, there was one guy at the very end of the movie, it's just like, if they, if, like, if they weren't filming this, like, the guy that would have gotten murdered, it would have just been, like, this little, like, two-sentence paragraph, like, in the newspaper, and nobody would have ever thought about it, so. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, we don't really, like, usually in a documentary, you know, sometimes the filmmaker themselves will go up in front and that's who we follow for example like a you know michael moore movie you know you know it's his movie he's talking to us directly and you know you can you can see him on screen steering the narrative in this case um you know she lets the people speak it is primarily about the strikers and the characters that we meet um one specifically being uh leslie scott who uh was the very outspoken um figure who kinda, was lois her name scott. lois scott not lois scott. Yeah. Yeah, it's lois scott uh but she's like the leader she all she's like the you know chosen leader of when the women join the strike i think that's when the characters really start to you know come out and they you know i think the whole thing gets even more strong yeah. spoken is when the women come out and they start to take over and it's like yeah and they and and they explain all their motivations too. They 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 say like, oh well, because I mean, because I mean, these people grew up in these mining towns, and they have to see generations of their family like growing, like all working in the mine or dying. So it'd be like, oh, like well, my my dad worked in the mine, and then he died, and my husband worked in the mine, and now he has <laughs> black lung disease, so he's about to die. So I figured I need to do something about all this. It makes I, you realize that, you know, it's not just the workers that, you know, their, like, livelihoods are on the line. It's also the people around them, their families. Um, and the way we uh, kind of go into their story, too, um, it does feel like, you know, we're getting a better idea of the town itself. You know, we're seeing people who we didn't see before, and we're getting their takes and their opinions on what's happening. And it adds so much more to it, you know. Yeah, no, to totally agree. Uh, just like what Ryan said earlier, and you know, towns of the character. Um, I find it interesting, you know, how this takes place in Kentucky, and it's about unionizing unions, and you get to see both sides of the coin with like 
union busters, very anti-union, what you might expect coming out of there. And then just a whole new league of people wanting uh, unions and everything. It's interesting seeing that that dynamic just break down in a small, like just in the county. But primarily the film is absolutely, you know, pro-union. Oh yeah, no, it, and, it has its agenda, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it is pro-union, yeah. Right, It, but it's, you know, it, yeah, it's pro-union, but mainly, you know, pro-people, right? Yes, uh, yeah. It's, you know, a film that wants you to empathize with, you know, proletarian class. Mm-hmm. Um, it wants you to understand what, you know, how dangerous this job is, you know, mining in a coal. It's not just, it's not, it's not something people go to do for like, cause they want to. It's cause they it's, have to. They have to. It's they all have they to, have. They have to live. Yeah. Um, which is really at the basis of any job. I mean, most jobs people work. Right. Yeah. But this one actually and, like puts you in like, you know, in, like so close to death right this job yeah. is like and uniquely the f- dangerous they, they explained one situation too of what happened in the movie too where what how many people was it's like 30 or 40 people were just because like there was an explosion in the mine and they were trying and only four people made it out alive and then there was another explosion so in order to save the mine or whatever they had to seal the hole and all those people that were in there just died and they've been buried alive in there so i mean it's just there's i mean those are the type of jobs i mean they said like you know you don't know each morning if you're gonna come home alive or not i mean it's just it's that dangerous of a job and not only that just the they explain like the long-term effects of it of getting black lung disease and breathing in all this coal dust and and it, there's even like a funny part where well not really funny but i guess in a morbid sort of way where the, the coal mining company is like uh well i mean we have our own doctors that say breathing in coal dust doesn't have any long-term effects with uh pulmonary issues yeah it's it's a film that while you know we're seeing the beats of this type of situation playing out you know in in the movies edited real time uh the the beats of what happens when a company goes on strike and they stick to it right these are all the things that happen you know in any of these types of stories that you'll see um is that you know you'll get you'll they'll, it'll start out they'll be like oh you know they'll be back and then you know you'll see the changes that the corporation will go through they'll, they'll get their lawyers to you know stretch the truth um they'll get new you know they'll get scabs i mean in this they're talking about how uh they had like prisoners who went, you know, fresh out of prison to take over their jobs. Yep. Um, yeah. And I mean, when, when those scabs are coming in, they're kicking the cars and trying to stop the cars. They're literally lying down in the road yeah, just to prevent cars, cars from yeah. going through. And of mm-hmm. course the cops show up and what do they start doing? They start arresting people. Um, I'm sure it would have been a lot worse if, you know, they didn't notice the camera there. <laughs> Right, filming um, them the whole time. They, they still, they still don't, they still don't treat them easily. I mean, there's a scene where they grab like one of the batons and he's just like choking out a guy like, mm-hmm. as he's like dragging him off. So I mean, it they're definitely not, uh, they're definitely not being easy on him either. Right, so. and you know, for a movie about a, such a a caustic situation of a situation that feels like, you know, David versus Goliath. Um, it is a success story, you know, a, a little bit of a bittersweet success story in the end. Yeah. But they're still, the strike they go on to 13 month strike is still a success. They get the contract. Uh, the president is replaced. And then guess what? A few months later, they find out the president who they, they have is kind of a, uh, what's the term a wet blanket maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> who, who isn't actually serious about change he got in based off of the you know the anger of the workers and he's like hey i'm not the other guy i'm not Boyle. i'm not gonna you and know then, I, then, i'm not a murderer or whatever and then it was all bs right like, and yeah. he was yeah. like you know they got their contract which was better than what they had before but it still didn't give the workers exactly what they yeah, want it, it felt like settling right because it, it, it was compromise yeah and these are and, 
it's it's kind of refresh it's like it's kind of nice to see people so dedicated to having a nice have a like a proper livelihood that they'll go and strike again in the end yep. you know what i mean they're not just not gonna lie down and take it yeah which is like yeah. that's the spirit of you know unionizing and striking it's strong right it's like- what they're it's what they're afraid of it's what the companies are afraid of exactly um after like because because the way they the companies are shown you really see like the true light behind it and just all the awful stories that they give off it it does feel good in the end like you do feel like in the at least in the very end like you you got they got what they deserved in some way like they go on to live a dangerous life with this job but it they at least fought for the right thing and they got it it's uh it's harrowing would be the word yeah Right, and it was a. It wasn't just a few people. It, it took a town yeah, it took to a get this town. done, and it took. I mean, they had you know certain people that were definitely key figures, specifically like Lois Scott. Yeah, and, and I, um, I, I think I'm, that's also really cool because it's like feminist, right? Like some in some way, like a strong female force behind all of this change as well, especially in '76. Um, with the women's rights movements and everything coming together. It's just like a perfect storm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's really no like standout male character or anything like that. Well, other than on the court, instead of on the corporations and all the union presence, but like in terms of like a heroic type of character, I mean, she is like the protagonist of this movie. Yeah. She's outspoken. (laughs) Yeah. I mean like the, the, you know, the enemy, they're all these guys in suits, right? You got really loud, Chris. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it does that. All right, it's, we're good now. <laughs> apo- okay. Apologies. It just it'll do it randomly for some reason. Don't know why, but yeah, it's just they're guys in suits who are constantly lying, and you know, and you don't really you don't get much from them in this movie. <laughs> There's not many parts with those guys in it. You know, it's it's primarily um the protesting moments and these sort of like monologues from these characters right we get their you know their their backstories their anger um i mean we even get like you know the the funeral scene that feels like something out of a movie, of like an, of a fictional film. The story exactly is, you know, a uh, you know, this man dies. I don't know his age, but he had a 16-year-old uh, wife with a, a child who just, you know, just gave birth. And at the funeral, there's an old woman. Don't know the relation. Possibly his it's mother. His, it's his mom. It's his mom. It's, she walks yeah. up, sees the open casket, and immediately passes out. Yeah, and that. It's like it's 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 in this place where it's um so kind of sincere. It's a very incredibly real, like in the moment this is happening, but it feels like they like you know choreographed almost. And I don't like I I wasn't laughing or anything because it's not a funny moment. In fact, it's probably the most dramatic part of the movie. <laughs> one of the most dramatic parts of the movie, but uh, you know, the sincereness of it and just the uh, almost over the top uh, ness of that scene. Yeah. I was kind of sitting there and I was like, Oh my God, like this is like so much, but, it stands a, but, out. but that doesn't happen too much in the movie. I mean, there are parts that I'm, you know, I can't believe, like, I can't believe they got that. Like the part where, um, they're, the busters are coming at them with machine guns and they're sh- yeah. in, the, in the night, you know, shooting and you hear screams. Oh my God, I love that. Where they knock yeah, the light out and then and they're then, filming in the dark. But yeah, then you was, get the shot, you get the shot of Basil and he's like holding a gun in his car and he's like making this like weird, like insane face. Like his mouth open like, ah. <laughs> like he yeah like he's just ready to kill somebody <laughs> right that's like a villain that's like a pure villain moment God. um and then just to talk about like the the funeral the part before that where you just find out this dude is just murdered 
and like there's like talk like the closest to talking heads this movie does of two people talking about it just covered in the man's blood right and i was just like oh my god and <laughs> like, not only the, <laughs> they they go to the site where he was shot and they're like oh yeah here's a piece of his brain just like on the ground yeah. um it's just so insane like yeah but you know um talking about the director barbara barbara koppel who I, we really hope we're saying your name right um she had to gain the people's trust right you know um th- think about it it's 1976 or at least sorry earlier than that it was early 70s um and these were people that weren't used to being having cameras around um like these you know these figures in kentucky it's not like today where anyone can film or you know voice their opinion right yeah and this is uh you know a new york filmmaker coming in and wanting to film them you know what is she up to you know understandably they did not understand what she was trying to do yeah like are you coming here to make fun of us and like all this stuff looking down on us in some way right but she gained their trust um, and you know we don't see that happen <laughs> because once again this is a very fly on the wall documentary. But she gained their trust. She like lived amongst them, and you know it kind of she's talking about it in supplements, but it kind of became her home almost. Like she said that she uh, felt like she couldn't readjust to city living after this, um, and you know talks about how this was like her most to her her most important film. And just an amazing experience um, because these are just, they were kind of amazing people that she worked with, right? And uh, it's one of those movies with like just, you know, person after person, figure after figure that are like ready for the camera (laughs) almost. (laughs) Like these are people who should be on camera because they're so interesting. And I think that's what's so great about just the genre in general, right? capturing people that um would never actually get the chance to voice their opinions tell their stories and we get to hear that story and then come to find out it creates a really interesting movie right i think i think that's what that's the power of this movie right and yeah reason it would win best documentary at, it's, uh, it's maybe this is a situation that you would read about in a history book for maybe a paragraph right <laughs> like yeah. they wouldn't write too yeah. much about it but this puts you right there and even if it is a edited narrative right um there you know it that is you know that puts more people in the situation than like say if they released like i don't know a box set of like 20 hours of just footage of the situation happening or something <laughs> yeah. like that you know what i mean like it, it does a job that it does a you know it does us a favor almost it puts us in a situation that would have not been <laughs> that's just yeah. what is like you know i've realized uh, amazing about documentaries i mean i, I want to watch more documentaries but this hits that formula of a good documentary where you have a good narrative you have interesting characters that you would have you know never known in the first place um and also it's you know it doesn't you know, Barbara never forces herself into the story. And and she was there for 13 months. I mean, that's insane to not share. Like like nowadays, I couldn't imagine someone doing anything like that without like vlogging it constantly. Yeah, camera pointed at them like, okay, here we are. Right, like some guys are, a bunch of guys with guns are around you and they're... (laughs) And then, oh yeah, if you if you've seen YouTube videos with like people shooting around them, you know at one point they have to flip the camera and be like, "Guys, this is really scary," and <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it just it documents what's happening. Yeah, and that's yeah. not I'm not saying anything against like no. like someone telling like a story with them in it. That's no, a, yeah, it, it's a valid documentary like uh, yeah. mode. I it's guess. Just, it, right. it, I mean, it, it's two very legitimate ways of making a documentary. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, you know, even though this movie does take place in the seventies, it is still topical right now. I mean, we just got out of a big news story about uh, uh, Amazon 
like fighting union workers in order to stopping a union in Alabama at one of their warehouses. And they ended up winning. There was no union, but there had been kind of rumblings that there was some illegal tactics that they were using in order to stop the unions. And I mean, I, I, I think a lot of that kind of stuff goes on now. I mean, not to say which companies I've worked for in the past, but I know like when I go through like training, they'll, there's usually an, it's very in, inevitable. Uh, they'll play like a training video where it's like talking about the evils of unions and like how like unions are just destroying uh, companies worldwide. I mean, it's, it's very propaganda. Like, I mean, I'm not, super knowledgeable of like the benefits of unions i've never been involved in a union so i couldn't say exactly if they are good or bad but i do know there is corporations definitely do not want unions in any way and and in a lot of cases too like if you even threaten that you're going to unionize at companies they will just flat out just fire you and just and just try to just shut you up before they even even mention unions yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you where I, I actually, I'm not as well knowledge about unions either. Um, and, you know, but like, it's so well documented, the evils of like corporations, right? Like, it's so obvious, like we know, yes. you watch this, I mean, show this movie to anyone, you know, and they'll, they'll know. It is like that. We know we're not dumb, but people are scared. I mean, your job is a part of your livelihood yeah that's how you and and for these people the coal mines is all they have right and like to take that leap to do a union and a corporation that's so big could just take you down so fast that's huge yeah and i mean talking about amazon you know they treat their workers like, like they're they treat their workers like they're in a coal mine right yeah um and, and unreported injuries and everything i mean right no, I just, I was going to say, like, even in the movie, I mean, the, I mean, this town, I mean, it's not like a town, really. I mean, it's families living, like, in a third world country. It's just like, they're living in these little shacks that have no heating, no hot water, anything like that. So, I mean, and they're like, oh, well, these are just uh, houses provided by, by the coal mining company. And it, that definition is very, very thin. So it's, it's a. Uh, that I'm just saying it's just it, it shows how much they don't care about the workers at all and yeah. like they're just like they'll let them live in squalor as long as they can go to work every day yeah it's literally they had to be forced their hand had to be forced to to make it even a little bit livable um which was just part of the times because i mean you could hear they even had that uh, i forget his name the older gentleman that sings talk about his time in the mines being a child working and getting like beat and stuff mm -hmm. and um it just what like, was it what was it they were making like six cents an hour or it was 6.5 cents an hour and yeah. they had to they had to go on strike just to get a 1.5 more cents an hour yes yeah exactly and then that <laughs> was like a huge win for them uh, which I think is interesting or the story where like he had a mule and then the boss told him to like take care of the mule and he was like well what about me do I matter and the boss was like no we can get a new worker but I gotta buy a new mule if it dies stuff like that and through like at the time television I feel like that forced those companies hands right because it was a little more open like all the evil and awful practices they've had and it's like here you go it's a little more open and this movie showed that off too which is a very awesome thing. Brought it to more people, which is great. Yeah, and, you know, obviously the landscape has very much changed um, in our world, the media landscape, and uh, what a journalist, you know, what what stories we're getting, what, what, what skewed viewpoint we're getting. It's even more muddled than ever, right? But this is kind of like a quintessential worker story right it's a, i think it's an essential documentary um it is almost like it's it's like how do you understand why amazon workers should unionize you you should probably watch this movie because yeah. like it is so extreme right 
the coal, you know, the working area of a coal mine worker and what they have to go through and, you know, how they've kind of suffered, but they have to do it. I mean, it, 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 I think, I don't know. It's a good film for empathy and understanding. I think it's an essential American like documentary, like for sure. Like I hands down, like watching it, but like both times I walked away with like new understanding, I guess. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's a very important movie. I wish I'd watched mm-hmm. it earlier. Yeah, it's definitely um, a, a educational tool. Mm-hmm. Um, you you kind of brought it up at one point, Nathan, but one very important important aspect about this movie is the soundtrack. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, so it a lot of it is just like local singers and like i i think it's it, the old man sings mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's just the, the the locals like writing their own music about living in this town and having all you know like dealing with like the tragedies of the mine or like family members dying or like <laughs> they even had like campaign songs for like the different candidates for like the president of the union so uh it's there's def- there's a bunch of different songs, but it plays like a very big role in like kind of like giving us a little bits of exposition every now and then. So like if there's any like details, they'll there'll be like little details about like what they've been going through in the song. Yeah, and I, I, I love how like specific these songs are. Like lyrically, it is very, very specific talking about a certain person and or like it'll just be a really dark like singing about black lung and all the horrible things that comes with it it's uh yeah i mean it's interesting i think it's really cool i I looked up the name hazel dickens who is like a very famous like bluegrass singer um she she does the final song and i know people really love that last song because she was tasked with the hard job of explaining the whole movie in a one song which is uh which is a big task yeah, that was probably um, of what I watched of the supplements. <laughs> you know, um, that was probably my favorite supplement was the interview with her, um, because you could tell it was very important to her, and it's you know it was and it still is very important to her, and you know that's a perspective. Like think about uh, like Harold and Maud. Um, you know, we had a, a nice interview with uh, Cat Stevens on there. Um, and, you know, he was very interesting talking about his story with the film. And this is another case of that where the musician, someone who people don't really think about, right? Sometimes, like who made the soundtrack, gives a very interesting and personal, uh, you know, relationship to the film itself. And I, because yeah. I just thought these might have been just songs that were made before the movie, right? Like these yeah, are songs same. that, uh, sh- that, you know, you know, just were well known songs amongst uh, the union strikers. Um, but no, they were made for the movie. Yeah. Which I that think classic is- black lung song that they, they all gather around to sing about. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the original emo music, right? Just sing about people dying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess um, you guys got anything else? We can just, since we're in supplement territory, we can just move right into that. Sure, let's do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we talked a little bit about Hazel. Um, what, what did you guys get to watch? I guess we'll go over that. Um, I watched all the outtakes and I watched uh, the making of documentary. Oh, yeah, the 22-minute making of documentary, which I, I really liked, yeah. I also, I watched um, the making of, too, uh, and the Hazel interview, and uh, some of the Roger Ebert uh, okay, so, thing. Okay, so it sounds like you guys got, like, together, you watched everything, so that's yeah, that's pretty good, that's good. Um, it, but yeah, how'd you guys feel? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, how did you guys feel about um, the documentary, the making of? Oh, yeah. Um, the making of, yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm trying to like bring it back. And that's why I kind of threw to you guys. Um, I remember liking it, but there's nothing like I truly like pulled out of it. I so just, I just watched, watched it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
I just watched it an hour ago, so um, it's still kept pretty fresh in my mind. Okay, but, good, good. Um, it's it's kind of giving like historical context what's going on. There's a couple of like the original miners that are in there, and they you know they they say you know how you know like how real like that a lot of those situations were none of it was set up and how you know all these women got involved how important lois got like played a role in the union strike and they did you know they also specified too like uh how they probably would not have won the strike if the movie crew was not there and we and we do learn and then uh barbara koppel they interview her and you can kind of get her perspective on like we, you know, like they say, like how people, like the townspeople come up to her and be like, you know, why are you filming us? And she was explaining how she became, became part of that town. So that's kind of what we learned in the making of documentary and how much like a personal connection that Barbara Koppel like felt with those people. That's mainly the main takeaway from it, I would say. Right. And that's good to see. It is, it's, and, it's, it's good to see, you know, the same people who were in the movie, you know, later on. And this was made in, um, what, like 2007? Yeah, something like the, the The documentary. Oh, or yeah. not not the documentary, the main documentary, but the documentary about the documentary. Uh, that was, you know, not recently. but yeah, it's like um, 2006 or something. But, you know, that's a neat perspective to hear. Uh, I, I yeah. guess it just didn't. I I also just watched it an hour ago, and you, I needed a, some sort of uh, you know refresher it, because it, I forgot about it already. It's not very meaty. I mean, it's if you're kind of wanting like a real deep dive in the movie, it's kind of it just scratches the surface. I would say so. It's which like like we said. I mean, we there is a commentary and. None of us own the movie, so we don't know it's on the commentary because, I mean, who's buying Criterion DVDs now? Ryan, the working man is buying the DVDs, okay? <laughs> the Blu-rays are for the fat cats. <laughs> we, the DVDs are still the same price, even on sale. Come on. I know. Ugh. Um, it's messed up, but back to the supplements because we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, we didn't get to get to the commentary. Would have liked that. Uh, I, as I said before, the Hazel Dickens interview was one of my favorites because it's just nice to hear from that perspective. You know, it is kind of a it's like a post production perspective. So we have that covered. Um, and then, what did you guys yeah. think about that interview? I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a it was a nice take. It's a I, it was a take I wasn't expecting to hear. I guess I, I didn't expect them to bring in the artist that made the song and years later, and she can recollect it. Um, I, it's a very just a nice little touch, just right. like the Cat Stevens thing, as you said. I like that touch. Um, now I watched some of the Roger Ebert panel thing, and. It Is that felt, the one with John Sales? Uh, it just says on here, Koppel and Roger Ebert. I assume he was oh. there too. Um, yeah. That felt like they took maybe an hour long panel and chopped it down to yeah. 14 minutes. Very weird. I yeah, didn't really I, learn anything from that. I really like that, but I wish we got more out of it. And like a good minute is like cut is put into it of a man just speaking Spanish and it's not subtitled. <laughs> Yeah, that was and, weird. That I'm was just weird. like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Um, because, I mean, it was interesting. Like, a director's roundtable, like, what, 30 years after the movie came out? Um, there's probably but, some cool stuff. You get I to mean, the editor. That might have been chopped down because maybe it didn't fit on the disc, the whole thing. But, yeah, for a DVD, maybe. For, yeah. yeah. Um, that could have been it. I think that's all. I mean, we couldn't read the essay. Another episode where they don't read the essay because we don't have the essay. You know, Uh, the the movies with the spine drinking game. Take a shot real quick. You're going to take about eight shots. um, The um, the outtakes. Yeah, the the outtakes. Oh, right, those. Yeah, so I watched a couple of those. Uh, The ones, so they do, they have like an additional interview with, the old man's name is Nimrod, 
and yep. Nimrod, Nimrod Workman. Workman. <laughs> Workman, yes. And uh, there's two additional songs that he sings in one of the outtakes. Um, and he kind of gives like a little, like they kind of interview him like a little bit more. Uh, and then I, also... Uh, I do want to say to that one, um, I usually force myself to sit all the way through these special features. Um, I, I skipped this one to like around i was skipped a minute or two four as i can't i can't do this i don't want to they're not to even this. long though nate i know <laughs> i couldn't well look i'm they're no like... as the scrubs theme song has said i'm no superman <laughs> <laughs> because i didn't watch them all either soon to get well, the criterion release hopefully right the criterion tv collection. garden state garden state. yeah garden state baby no, thank you. Uh, so yeah, I didn't watch all the outtakes. I'll just come out and say, it. and that's not because I didn't want to. I was going to, but we had to record, and I was like, "Oh God, I didn't have as much time as I thought." Yeah, the the like I said, the the turnaround on this one was kind of short notice, so that's why we were all kind of lacking on some areas. But um, the other one that was kind of notable, um, there was like um, there was one where. Uh, Lois meets the sheriff for the first time and uh we can kind of see like and he even states like when they're meeting like I'm 100% for the union um and this is all in the outtakes I'm 100% for the union I fully support you guys and then when we get to the climactic like moment like where they have like that final standoff the sheriff is there again in the, in the actual movie the sheriff is there and he's kind of like he's kind of like whatever you know he's just he does not like have feel like he really doesn't really feel like he's on the side of the union at all because uh when he you know he's like they have like a car blocking the railroad and he's like you guys need to move this car like right now and the women like produce like an arrest warrant for the guy basil and he like he walks over there to Basil and he's like, hey, I got a, a warrant for your arrest. And Basil's like, yeah, I'll go into town later and I'll deal with that. Like He has an arrest warrant and he's just like, yeah, I'll go to jail later. And he's just like, all right, no problem. And just and I mean, the guy, he has an arrest warrant. He doesn't arrest the guy, even though he, he just says, yeah, go to jail. We'll go to jail later, whatever. And so it, that just kind of shows you how kind of back to the union like leaders how kind of they'll say whatever you want like when they're when you first see them but afterwards you can kind of see their true motivations he was he's he's like a middleman but he's like yeah. also uh, he, it doesn't feel like he's gonna go either way <laughs> and yeah. he's just like oh well, this is awkward and oh. but like i'd say i like lois is he yelling at me kind of thing <laughs> so i'm yeah. just gonna walk over to the guy and say hey you're, you're under arrest and come back and be like uh, nothing I can really do right now, but you gotta move your car. <laughs> hey, I told him he was arrested. Like a little baby. Thinks he brings himself up as a hero. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm they, a hero. Just kidding. Yeah, I'm a yeah, worm. Even, Lo- even Lois like called him out on that BS and was just like, we already know what's gonna happen. You're just gonna let him go into town and you're not gonna even do anything about it. And he's like, well, what do you expect me to do? Um... <laughs> One of another outtake that they had, I forget their names, but it was a man and a woman. Um, Jerry and Bessie. Yeah, Jerry and Bessie, where they're on like the front stoop of their home. And uh, I thought that went into more interesting territory where they were talking about how everybody should have a union. And then, of course, that brings up topics of like communism and all that. So there was red baiting and all this. I thought that added an interesting element to go more into the politics of everything on uh, like, oh, well, we want a coal miners union, right? But I don't want it, no unions for anybody else kind of deal. And I thought that was an interesting conversation piece. Yeah, there's only one, like, one bit in the movie where the guy's kind of like, uh, well, you know, unions are you know, like communism or whatever. And, um, you know, yeah, they definitely could have gone into that more in the film. Uh, that that fear, the stigma, which still today is used, yeah. uh, just the word like, oh, that's communism, and people are afraid to run away. Like you could just use that label, um, 
and I, I it's shocking it still works to this day yeah um yeah yeah so you're right i, I think like even like a modern movie of like this ilk would definitely probably go into that way more um because like you know it's the 70s we're not into you know the 60s just happened right you know there was the whole thing with that uh with, with that yeah that sums it up uh <laughs> <laughs> red scare yeah um, cold war. <laughs> but then we're about to go in the 80s with reagan you know reagan's yeah. right around the corner that's a whole other deal um yeah. right around the corner it's funny how but, russia just keeps popping up as a scare tactic yeah but um there's really nothing worth mentioning like in the other outtakes i mean i hate to say but i mean it's just they're they're just like little additional scenes where we can kind of get like little like slices of life from like some of the union workers and the miners and like there's one that's like a like the woman bessie which is lois scott's daughter like having an interaction like telling about her story of having an interaction with the scab and everything and it's nothing like i mean it just it kind of if you're if you're really endeared to these people it gives you more bonus content if you want to see more of them but for the most part i mean like I said, I didn't watch all the outtakes, but the ones I did watch didn't convince me to watch the other ones because they felt more like extended scenes. Yeah, that's pretty much what they are. Like parts that were cut for a reason, just for conciseness. Like we already get the idea, you know, we get the idea of what we're shown, right? Um, but yeah, you're right. If you really find these characters so endearing, you want to spend more time with them. Hey, here you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot more footage. <laughs> yeah, I think they said like over like 200 hours, like some like insane number of just footage. And a lot yeah. of it is at uh, the University of, uh, I think, Louisville, which is really cool. And they have an archive of a lot of and the footage. There's a whole bit in the movie where they go to New York City. Oh, yeah. I love that part, yeah. I wonder, yeah, that's like... A, that's like a good scene. Yeah, that is a, that's a good part where he talks to that cop and like the cop isn't like, you know, typically what we'd seen, especially in this movie, when there's a cop, he's like pushing them around, but he's like having a conversation with him and he's like agreeing with him, you know, yeah. he's agreeing mm -hmm. with the work. He's like, yeah, you think I like my job? I hate it. All I do is just stand around and, and I'm useless and they're, you, yeah, they're you like, deserve to like, get I'm paid sure, more. They're like, I'm sure it's a real dangerous job. And he's like, what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> like, I'm just standing here. Like, yeah, my job I'm a cop. Yeah. It's, you may think it's dangerous. It's not dangerous. Okay, I just stand around. <laughs> I think that's what ma the making of helped make that scene even better, right? Because uh, they talk about how, like, real that was. Like, they didn't, they didn't know it was being filmed. He just had a mic yeah. on him, and they were just yeah, the, talking. Yeah, and the mic was hidden, too. Yeah. So, they like, it was behind his little sign, like, his... Uh, protest sign so the cop didn't know that he was mic'd up or anything but yeah the cop that's like laying down it's like because you know the miner is like oh yeah we get paid good money and he's like oh yeah what's good money to you he's like five six dollars yeah you know it's pretty good money he's like no i get paid more than that and he's like and i get a pension i could retire at 38 so just you can see how badly these miners are being treated right that's a very very good uh very good. What like, like you know the fly of the wall style really coming in full force. There, great scene. Um, um, I guess we, we can't talk about the cover really, but we can look at the still of the cover. It looks fine. I bet you if they did a Blu-ray version, they would probably give this a nice update. Yeah, I uh, think. So. Look, I this is my one thing because we can't talk about the actual physical release. Come out with a Blu-ray. I would consider buying it because <laughs> I want to yeah. hear the, I want to hear the commentary. Put it no, on the Criterion uh, channel. I guess that's a good talking point is like we all streamed it. Would we be willing to buy it? And yeah, if I got a Blu-ray upgrade, uh, the two docs that I would want would be this one and Crumb. So um, yeah, I, I would love a Blu-ray release of this and uh, I, I would buy it for sure. Yeah, I would buy it if, it, if, it did, if there was a Blu-ray release, but assuming they don't, uh i would say right now it's just stream it i mean it's it's good but uh if you're i mean it's a, it's a good streaming movie if you want to just sit down and like you want to see some real action going on and hey look if you don't have the criterion channel and you want to watch it it's on youtube 
Yeah, this is a movie that's av- it's available. You know, it's available on HBO Max as well and HD quality, and it's on YouTube. There's no reason not to watch it if you really want to see it. Mm-hmm. If you're in a dark mood, it's a good one to throw on. It's a movie I would recommend checking out, and the, the commentary is not on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, yeah, but I mean, so that means we all loved it. Um, and I, I think it's universally loved. I don't think anybody would dislike this movie, right? I think mm-hmm. it's impossible. Oh boy. Well, uh, well let me tell you well. something. There are some truly spineless what? Uh, uh reviews out there. <laughs> I've I've actually been really excited <laughs> for this. I, I, I wonder if like there's any like you know corporate speak in this and <laughs> they're trying to sound like a real people, maybe. So as we say, another man's treasure is another man's trash, but I've got some very bad news, guys. There's only one one star review. I thought, on I, yeah, wow. On, That's on the whole internet, <laughs> but on uh, just on IMDb, I did scour. I scour. I mean, there are once there are half star ratings on Letterbox, but I would. I it was really hard to find. I couldn't find like a bad review, like a bad written review on Letterbox. There are ratings that would say it's bad or whatever, but uh, I did. I did pull two reviews. They're both very short. So this is going to be a short segment this week. But uh, I did find two people who felt so enraged by this movie that they, they, they felt so compelled that I have to put my thoughts out there. So uh, one person on Rotten Tomatoes website back in 2006 said, could have could have been way better than what it was. Okay. Oh, that's it. Oh, I thought that was the title. <laughs> that's it. Could have been better than what it was. And this is a one-star rating? Uh, it's, uh, well, Rotten Tomatoes, they use five, five, so they use five stars. So it's it's a one, one and a half. So I guess technically it's the three star, three out of 10 is what three it is. And then it's just uh, could have been better. Could have been way better than what it was. So I mean, fair criticism. I mean, if they, if I mean, if that's if they if that's their subjective opinion of it, I guess. But yeah, I, I like. I typed in Harlan County, USA, is you know to see what popped up, <laughs> and what I got was is Harlan County like justified? <laughs> the show, you know, the, that cowboy show. Oh, yes. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I just know that the main guy is dressed like a cowboy. Is that Timothy Oliphant? Yeah. So people thought like this was maybe going to be a drama, like a a fictional drama with cowboys and stuff. uh, It's not. Um, So that I could see why this person maybe was disappointed. So, uh, it the 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 next the very next review the last one was actually written in 2019 so it's fairly recent and this one was on imdb it's a one star the title is left-wing propaganda yeah (laughs) uh but you're gonna be disappointed again it just says my whole family came through the mines. They worked long enough to make enough money to move away. They built farms and families. End review. Holy crap. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jesus. That just that sounds like the start of like an argument you would hear though. Like, well, my family came from there and look where they're at now, right? Uh, like I give Man, up, you know. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, but I can't do any more. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, I got too tired to write the rest. <laughs> well, I could read. Uh, so there is a six-star review. And it, the title of that one is Interesting, Informative, but Poor Quality of Images. Do you want me to read that? Or we just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> poor quality. Okay, All right, ahead. I'm going to read it. And if you want to cut it, you can. Okay. So, all right. Uh it, this one's called Interesting, Informative, but Poor Quality of Images. Uh, I watch a lot of documentaries about various subjects. In this case, it was interesting to understand how unions worked at that time. But the quality of images wasn't great, which makes sense because it was 1976. 
if we have what we have now, a better pay, holidays, insurance, and other things, it's because of what our ancestors fought for. So we should never forget that. In Harlan County, USA, we get to see how hard life was back then. But you can see also similarities with how everyone still works now. It is this is my, I'm not going to read so it's too positive. Yeah. 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 yeah That's a pretty good review. I, I do feel like maybe poor image quality is a bit of an unfair criticism, right? Uh, yeah. It's definitely an unfair criticism. Yeah. Cause it's well, the okay, 70s. So, so I wrote, okay, let me get down. Okay. The, the documentary doesn't look much like our modern documentaries. Now the images aren't that professional, but it's watchable. The, it's interesting, nonetheless, revolting for sure when they see how Peter were treated back then. I've given up on fitting in the system, and I, I've given up on fitting in the system since a long time ago. I honestly prefer dying than losing my total freedom again. One thing has evolved since then, though. People got better looking. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Peter. That's so mean. <laughs> okay, now he's insulting. Yeah, he's like, man, I, I wish I had some better people to look at. People they should have got Brad Pitt in this thing. <laughs> people got better looking because in this documentary, I only saw people and it wasn't because of the mining dust. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you had to ruin all the goodwill that we had for this review. Yeah, it is like... Get a second all up. I didn't have a piece of ass to look at that whole time, you know. Like, so where's the chicks? Where's yeah. the babes? So dumb. They should remake this with, uh, with, uh, you know, bombshells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lo- Lo- Lois uh, is played by Charlize Theron, right? And yeah. Then, um... Maybe all I their could... mining, all yeah. their mining uniforms are bikinis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could go back to that IMDb, uh, you know, the bombshells one that I found in the last episode. Maybe we get hot some of those hunk. actors. Yeah, there's hottest hot, hot hunks and cool chicks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's over 1,000 attractive people to choose from. I think we can get a few. Yeah, okay. Good, good. But, but you know, uh, good, I guess, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was that, you know, I guess, uh, I'm shocked you did not find more people calling this like leftist propaganda or something. I'm shocked. You know, I feel like, but like, because those people might not have ever watched something like this, right? I I feel like inherently, I know we're ending the episode, but like, as 1970s documentary, like I remember one time I tried to put on an 80s documentary for my my father and like my mom, and they're like, "Why would I watch an old documentary? That makes no sense." And I feel like a lot of people are like that. You know, why would, I, why would I read a history book? That makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Some people are like this. Some people well, just hate history. I think I think it's a case where we've seen so much reality TV now. Kind of, you know, most people their experience with like something in the documentary field would be like I don't know on the History Channel or something. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. show that is either just showing people in a modern world or like trying to inform you about i don't know something like informational like i would like bugs <laughs> you know why would i want to watch an old documentary about bugs that would teach me about bugs when i could watch something new with the new information that we know about bugs you know what i mean yeah and then and the new bugs that came out why would i want to watch <laughs> why would i want to watch some old episode of big brother where they're using fax machines and uh, pagers when I could watch the modern big brother where they're all giving each other COVID in a hot tub. Okay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, I think um, maybe you didn't find left-wing propaganda, you know, people like saying it's that because they're like, it's, it's, it's about unionizing, but it's, it's in a rural area. Beep bop does not compute and their head exploded. Well, we yeah. do know IMDb is a liberal website, so that yes. is why. So. If Parler was still alive, you would have pulled up tons of bad reviews of this bad boy. So. <laughs> yeah, they're all. I'm sure they're all interested in uh, '70s documentaries uh, directed by a woman. Uh, hello. This is on. Uh, they yeah, they. I think they review this on uh, Parler's uh, Criterion podcast. So, uh, <laughs> <you can go. laughs> 
All the cinephiles over there are just <laughs> destroying this thing. This movie is no facing the giants. Yeah, they they have a they have a segment. The, <laughs> it's really this, movie, this movie would have been better if Kirk Cameron was in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's just so one-sided. I mean, come on. Where's my fair and balanced content? Where's the the lung story, huh? Maybe the, you know the lung likes that the coal. It's good. <laughs> but uh, but thank you guys. What are we covering next week? What are we covering next week? Um. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> I remember yeah. Night on Earth. Yeah, Night on Earth. Yeah. Which is exciting. I, I like this movie. Uh, Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch. We're going to spend a few nights on Earth, and it's going to be fun on Earth, right? I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see Roberto Benigni. Yeah. Roberto. We got Roberto. We got... Um, Winona. Winona. Um, and we got uh, Giancarlo Esposito for Pete's sake. So Thanks, Jarmusch. Looking forward to that. Hey, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you very much. To this. Thank you. To, to three podcasters talk about real Americans. Okay. And <laughs> real, true, forget, working Americans. And don't forget to support your local union, guys. The podcasters union. Mm-hmm. Join yeah, today. Which we're a part of. Okay, bye. Yeah. Right. Bye. <laughs> Have a good night. Thank you.